Big story of the day podcast, the one that everyone has been waiting for. It is May 21st, year 2020. Joined by Madison Morris, and we did not get to record this podcast yes or last week because I was on my deathbed, so we had to push it off a week, and I appreciate Madison being flexible as ever. Madison, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. I'm super excited to talk about this movie. I was telling you to them a little bit beforehand, this is one of my mom's favorite movies. Um, she's super into all of the Doc Sip Futures, especially this one because it is the OG but she loves uh, pretty much anything Steven Spielberg does. And so she listened to this podcast, and she was jazzed that we were doing this one about this movie. Well, good, 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 good. I'm glad I've got your mom on board with uh, the Big Story <laughs> Day podcast. And that means I've, I've officially made it at the Morrises are listening in Ada, Oklahoma. Uh, okay, so we're, we're doing Back to the Future, Marty McFly, uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy, all that stuff. Uh, I think I hadn't watched this movie since I was, man... 10, 12? Like, it had been a really? long time. Like, I had not seen this in a long time. Okay. Yeah, I really hadn't either. They just put all of them on Netflix, I yeah. want to say maybe a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I watched it when they first put it on Netflix, and I was like, oh, I totally forgot about these movies. And, you know, I don't really have cable or anything, so I don't watch things unless they're streaming. So, yeah, it's probably been a couple of years since I've seen it. Um. I will say the first thing that jumped out at me is like the Lithuanian hate, like the, like the random, <laughs> the random country that just gets assigned to be the terrorists. Uh, I mean, Lithuania, don't get me wrong. I don't know if they're batting a hundred percent in the morality kit, but I don't know if they're really that bad, but they really get painted in a, in a tough look here by back to the future. Oh man. Yeah. It was, it's very random, but apparently uh, doc has some bad blood with those people. So yeah. Well, they asked know, him to build a you know. bomb. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like whatever they, you find out, he goes, yeah, the Lithuanians wanted me to build a bomb. And my first thought was, what the hell do the Lithuanians want a bomb for? What, like, what, <laughs> Lithuanians never done anything. They just kind of hang out. Yeah, I didn't even really know about that country until, like, uh, DeMonte Sabonis came to the Thunder. So, we are yeah. Lithuania. Yeah, I mean, and then the song with the LeVar Ball son <laughs> who played basketball there, like, that's all I know about that country. Yeah, good stuff, man. Don't don't piss those people off. Don't piss that people off. Okay, so tell me, uh, let's. I mean, you just talked about this movie. Just talk about what your feelings are, kind of what you remember, all that stuff. We'll be a little bit more vague. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I mean, I love this movie. I watched it probably for the first time when I was young. I mean, my mom, she loves this movie, like I said. So I've been watching this movie for years. I like it. I think it's funny. Obviously, the whole thing about Marty going back um, to when his parents were in high school, and I just think that. The most comical thing for me is seeing that his mother just develops this huge crush on him. So it's like awkward. It's really quirky at times. Um, it's just funny. And then you get to see, like, I don't, I don't know about you, Tism, but if I went back in the future and had to witness my parents in high school, I would just have, like, the craziest out-of-body experience with them. So, you know, it's just, it's crazy just to think that this is what Marty is going through, everything that he has to kind of uh, do to make sure that his future doesn't get all kinds of messed up. It's just interesting. There's a lot of science fiction to it. There's a lot of um, just funny things, like when he pretends to be Darth Vader, and obviously his dad doesn't even know who that is. Right. It's just there's a lot of things that tie into it that just make you laugh. Yeah, like this movie is like entirely based on not time travel, not like the butterfly effect. This movie is all about how many nostalgia notes can we hit, right? Like that's what oh, this is about. Sure. Yeah, I know, for sure. I really love, obviously, like, The Power of Love is, like, the big song at the beginning of the movie, and 
you just well, I don't know. You just oh feel yeah, like I, I didn't think like, about oh. the soundtrack as much, but I bet that's like a that's a big part for you is the soundtrack. Oh my gosh, this is like the perfect movie for me. I love everything about the soundtrack, and then I mean, pretty much the entire movie takes place in the fifties, and that's actually one of my favorite decades. So it's just it's really fun. Is to that watch. the Flapper Girl or when is the Flappers? Uh, the flapper that was the twenties. Oh, see, I don't know anything. That's before I was born. That right? was the uh, pink ladies and the greasers back in the fifties. Oh, 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 oh. So I'm in more like the movie Grease. Yes, okay. exactly like the movie Grease. Okay, uh, Marty McFly. First off, great fake name. <laughs> like ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. He's not a part of his family. Can I just go ahead and address that right now? His mom oh, yeah. is like a weird s- sexual being, but it apparently turns really conservative at some point. <laughs> uh, his dad is like the most awkward, biggest pushover person to ever exist. But Marty's like the cool, like skateboarder kid who's like athletic. Mm-hmm. What? There's no way he's adopted. There's no way he's a oh, part of his sure. family. No, there's seriously no way. And he's like kind of the cool guy who gets the girls at school. He's super into rock and roll music. Um, he just knows a lot about that time, and he's well-liked, obviously. Like, he's in a band. He has pretty much everything going. And so you see his parents and his uh, siblings, Dave and Linda, at the very beginning, and you're just like, how, where did you come from? Like, exactly what you said. His parents are just kind of like, eh. His siblings are just very out there and look like they probably don't have a lot of friends. No offense. But then you have Marty, and he's just like a guy. Right, like there's just no, there's no situation where Marty actually exists. Like that's just, right. it's just impossible. His dad's <laughs> laugh is what it was so funny when I was twelve, <laughs> and it is still funny to this day. That his laugh is hysterical. Oh, it's great. I mean, just <laughs> great stuff. I love George McFly. George McFly is uh, a ten out of ten. Here's my question. This is an honest to god question. Is George McFly in the 50s, when Marty goes back, and George McFly, the adult, the same actor, do they dress him up and dress him down, or is that two different people? I think it's the same actor. I think it is, too, but there's a couple times I'm like, ah, no, maybe, I don't know. This seems too drastic of a transformation. Right. Yeah, no, I believe it is, just because um, it's Kristen Glover, and he is just the weirdest-looking dude, like, regardless, so... Yeah, I, I think they kind of just add a little bit to him, maybe put some gray in his hair to become the older George McFly. Yeah. But my goodness, he's a weird-looking dude. He's a weird-looking dude. Um, so I'm getting, I'm getting all my, uh, my questions about this movie out of the way early. One of the biggest complaints, even when I was a kid, that I still have about this movie, and it's really batting, like 99%, like this is a banger of a movie, is... It never really explains how McFly and the the Doc become like. How do they know each other? How did they right. meet? Why why is he over there all the time? Like, there's just you're just supposed to just jump in and assume that these two guys are attached at the hip. Yeah, no, I'm actually curious about that too because at the very beginning, it straight up shows like Marty knows exactly where the the extra key to his house is. Yeah. He knows his dog. Like, he pretty much knows exactly. Uh, what to do like when he gets to Doc's house and it's kind of like wait how do you guys know each other like that's kind of my one question and maybe I'm just missing something about this movie because I've kind of always watched it a little bit mindlessly like I don't think too in depth when I watch movies that much but I don't know maybe I just missed something they're just weird friends I guess yeah I need an explanation and maybe it's I have never seen uh the sequels to these to I've only seen the original 
Um, okay. So maybe it's in the sequel where there's an explanation, and maybe there's not about their friendship. But just the fact that in the original film that we're just like, okay, yeah, this 85 year old scientist and this 14 year old boy are best friends. Got it, Roger. <laughs> Oh, cool. That's awesome. Uh, Natural friendship. There's a rich guy in town who plays a very, very small role in this movie. But his last name is Peabody. And I don't know if there's ever been a better rich guy name than Peabody. The the names in this movie are perfect. I mean, they're just <laughs> absolutely perfect. And the rich character named Peabody is also perfect. Oh, for sure. No, I, I seriously love all of just the characters and, like, any of the names that they have. Like, what... Hang on, what is the, uh, like, the bully's name? Because that, that kind of goes super well with who he is, and I forgot. What, Not, is what do it, I call him? It's, uh, I, I, I know it's, I want to say Butch, and that's a different movie. That sounds so right. I am currently looking up the cast list right now. This is awesome podcasting on my part. My apologies, but trying to remember I'm also what looking at the cast, and he doesn't look, like, he's not on here somehow. Where is he? Um... No, but I found your uh, Peabody that you're talking about. Um, shoot, I don't even know. Maybe I'll uh, turn this off. Oh, it's Taff. Taff? It's a Biff. I mean, Biff. Biff Tannen. Oh, Biff. That's it. Yes. Yeah, Biff yeah. is a good bully name, too. No, Biff is perfect for this guy. And I seriously think, okay, I do want to put this out there. One of my favorite scenes of this entire movie, which is just one of those like funny moments for everybody while they're watching, is uh, when Marty first uh, goes back into the past and he gets out of his car and it comes out like this super spacey thing and the family at that farm like comes out and finds him and they're looking at the cover of some magazine and it kind of resembles what he looks like. And I just think that entire scene is like my favorite because it really scares them to death. And he's like, no, 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 it's just me. Oh, you're talking about when he breaks into the barn and they think he's an alien? Oh, yeah. And he basically, whatever little space suit that Doc put him in kind of resembles exactly what they're looking at on this magazine that has to do with space travel, because I guess that was a big thing in the 50s. And so I, I just love little scenes like that throughout this entire movie. Okay, so it, the first scene that we really see Doc in is when they're out at the mall and they're tr- they're trying out the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, that's, a, <laughs> that's the Star Wars Disney sure. Plus show, uh, which I've heard great things about. And... Uh, he throws the dog into the car. And I, wait, wait, we don't know if this works for a fact, but we are going to risk Einstein. Poor Einstein. He's the test subject. We can't get like a caterpillar or a butterfly or just put the stopwatch <laughs> in the seat. Like, why does the yeah. dog need to be in there? There's so many variations of this test that don't actually right. involve risking the life of Einstein, who seems to be a good boy. And, if you know, yes. all good boys deserve... Uh, to have the benefit of the doubt when their lives are at stake. I, right. I I, was a little worried with how okay not only Marty was with this, but also, obviously, uh, the the professor just throwing the dog in the car. Yeah. Honestly, Doc may have just been super uh, confident in what he was doing and uh, was just like, listen, if this works, my dog Einstein is going to be the first dog to ever experience time travel. And he did. He and did. he comes back and he's like, man, Einstein's the first person ever. Well, he's not a person, but, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. 
obviously, the Lithuanians show up, which, again, I just find hysterical. Uh, the Lithuanians show up, and they're just shooting an assault rifle at them. They're asking no questions. Uh, they're just immediately going to killing them. And they pulled up in a Volkswagen van. I just, I just find that odd, right? <laughs> like the terrorists are driving around in a yellow Volkswagen van. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna get the white unmarked van. They're not gonna get a black yep. van that says like painters on the side. They're just going straight with the yellow Volkswagen van. Yep, exactly. That's all you need. I mean, that screams creepy to me. So I don't, I don't know about you, Chisholm, but it still would be a little bit creepy. I saw someone pull up in a Volkswagen van. Yeah, I just I don't think that's the number one choice by terrorists, but maybe at like the Hertz or the Enterprise when they were renting this, had right. all the other cars taken. But that just does not feel like the number one choice by a terrorist organization. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, probably not. Okay, so Marty goes back in time, and he's trying to get this all figured out. And obviously, one of the first people that you encounter he encounters during this is his father at the I'm going to call it the Soda Jerk. I don't know if that's actually what it was, but the little diner. He yeah. he encounters his father. They have this interaction, and you know Marty's realizing. I think the first time, though, that there was something in this movie that I was like, I did not know that happened when I was twelve, or I didn't like, you know, it was, it was over my head. Yeah, was whenever Marty's father George is in the tree with binoculars, <laughs> staring into a woman's window who's changing, and you have a realization that oh, Marty's father is a peeping tom. And earlier in the movie, whatever she said that he his he was bird watching, he was actually just trying to be a pervert. Yep. And like we just take this in stride. It is never brought up again. It is never a plot point again. But his dad is is a pervert. Yes. Oh my gosh. For sure is a pervert. And that's so funny because he's like this quirky, super nerdy guy that seems to not really have any friends. He's super into science fiction. Um just kind of that random nerd that you find in pretty much every single high school. And he's also a pervert, which is kind of funny because Marty realizes what he's doing. He's like, he's a peeping Tom. And it's just kind of like furthers that gap of how is this guy really Marty's father? Because he's like the farthest thing from this guy right now. Yeah. The absolute furthest thing from this guy. So Marty ends up saving his dad from getting hit by the car. Which, first off, come on, Marty. We all know, we all have read books or watched movies or TV shows about time travel. We are all aware of the butterfly effect. You can't, you can't intervene in things, otherwise <laughs> it'll spiral out of control. But Marty apparently was unaware of this rule. So he right. pushes his dad away from the car. He gets hit. So he gets taken back to his mom's house, which, if you know, obvious when you're watching this film is very apparent because it's, he's reliving the day that his parents met. So you knew what was coming next. One thing, though, that I was unprepared for was for Marty to wake up with his mom, you know, lustfully looking at him, which was awkward in the first place. But Super creepy. in 25 seconds later, to have the realization that while Marty was unconscious, his mother, who was 16 at the time, took off Marty's pants. <laughs> Why did she take off Ew. his pants? Yeah, that's that's just like probably top notch level creepy right there for Marty's mom, especially because okay, Chisholm, you can't exactly relate to this because you are not a woman. I will say that don't assume my gender. Woman, this is twenty twenty. Yeah, okay, 
you're you're absolutely correct about that. But I will say that I can personally comment on this. Women don't necessarily do that. I don't think they do. You don't go into a stranger's bedroom while they're unconscious and take their pants off. Like I don't even I don't I don't know. Maybe things were weird in the fifties, but so obviously m- Marty's mom is weird. There's so many things about this whole sequence of Marty waking up at his mom's house, his mom trying to like seduce him even down to the where he's having dinner downstairs and like his mom is begging for him to stay the night and like oh he can sleep in my room and da 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 and her parents are just like wistfully unaware that she clearly wants to bone this random 15 year old who should like there's so much of that that i just like what is happening in this film Ew, it, that whole part just makes me so uncomfortable because then she, like, comments on the name of his underwear because she thinks that's his name. And oh, so it's the, like, the, clearly you've been looking at his underwear. The Calvin Klein thing is, is 10 out of 10 funny. That That is really funny. He's like, well, it's written all over your underwear. It's Calvin Klein. No. Uh, so that's, that's real good. I guess Calvin Klein was not a thing in the 50s yet. Um, but then, yeah, the whole, like, knee squeeze downstairs, and then he, like, sees his Uncle Joey, and it's, uh, I don't even know. That's just, like, the most weird experience that I could possibly think of, and Marty's having to pretty much go through it all. But I don't think it gets any weirder, Chisholm, than when he actually takes his mother out on a date. Oh, yeah. And experiences pretty much what she would be like on a date. And she actually goes in for the kiss and everything, and it is straight up weird as all get out. Yeah, and she's like, you know, early in the film, she's, you know, all over Marty, and you basically are supposed to get this interpretation that she's a very conservative mother, worried about her kid doing things and, you know, trying to, you know, narrow down what's available, you know, trying to be a strict parent. Oh, yeah. And then they go on that date, and she's like, let's do everything that we can think of. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what happened between that and wait this? Wait a minute. Yes, like, there's a, there's a giant transition between the two. That is, that is very jarring in the moment. Uh, and all I could think about the entire time as you're learning more about his father, his father, who is a peeping Tom, learning more about his mother, who's just derobing random strangers who show up in her home <laughs> is that I'm sorry, Madison, I'm, I'm going to have to go there. Marty's parents' sex life has to be the weirdest thing I could possibly imagine. Ew. There, well, yeah, there's drawers in this home with padlocks on them. There are purchases made on websites that I would never venture to in my entire life. Like, this is an all-time weird couple. All-time weird. Very weird. Like, seriously, very weird. And I even thought that because, obviously, they do get together at the, like, towards the end of the movie. And so, like, Marty is able to kind of, like, fix everything that he messed up. And I'm just like, but how? Because, like, Lorraine and George are two very different people in high school. So I guess, like, obviously in the 50s, I'm sure it was very common for people to get married straight out of high school. And if they're both seniors and they're falling in love at prom, like, I guess that's a thing that would happen. But you think about stuff like nowadays, and it's like these two would not be compatible whatsoever, and there's no way it would last through, like, four years of college anyway. So, yeah, they're just – I think they're both just weird, and they, uh, they click very well because of that. They do click very, very well. Uh, Okay, so – as we go through this, obviously he finally gets in touch with you know the professor back from the 50s, and he kind of explains everything that's happening, and he shows them the video. And there's just, again, it, this movie is just like 
40% plot, 60%. How can we work in funny nostalgia jokes about, you know, the differences between the two eras or the music or whatever, back and forth? And it's all been done very, very well. And there's a lot of really funny, quirky little liners uh, when he first runs into the prof- or finally goes to the professor's house about, well, this exists and yada, 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 going back and forth. Um, wonderful. It is wonderful. But that's kind of when we finally get to the crux of the movie is that now he realizes he has to undo everything that he did and also get back to the time that he left. Um, and so he's supposed to kind of, you know, work his way back through the movie. I'm going to go ahead and say that making those two people fall in love, outside of saving Private Ryan, killing Hitler and the Glorious Bastards, like, might be the hardest thing that's ever been done in movie history. <laughs> yeah. No, probably. And honestly, like, it's it's so funny how it kind of comes comes together, like, towards, I guess, the end of the movie. Because if you go to the prom scene, which is basically where everything in this entire movie goes down, you go to the prom scene, and Marty and George have made this deal. Like, hey, exactly at 9 o'clock, I'm going to pull into the parking lot with the rain. You are going to come out. And, quote-unquote, save her from my debauchery. I am going to attempt to pull on her. And you will come off as a hero. She will fall in love with you. Everything will be great. And I, I just think it's so funny because it, it um, I'm going to sound super cheesy when I say this, Chisholm, and I don't even care. So I find it very refreshing to see how how many barriers they have to hop over to finally like be together because, obviously, George opens the door and it's Biff there instead because, of course, in true movie fashion, everything has gone wrong, and Biff is there instead of Marty. And so it kind of sets George up to really become this hero and go after Biff and destroy him, basically, and show Lorraine that he is here to fight for her. And so it's kind of like a cute little, I don't know, a cute little sequence to really, really help them fall in love like that. Uh, yeah, it is cute. I will say... Biff basically told his friends that he was going to rape Lorraine. Yes. And his friends are just like, yep. No, dude, do it. Do your thing, man. We totally get it. Like, that is, again, I don't know what the 50s were like. If I had a buddy who was doing that, I'd be like, oh, man, we really need to talk about this. This is a bad idea. You're a little drunk. Let's get you home, and we'll uh, reconvene in the morning. Like, his friends are just so like, yeah, man, do your thing, brother. Like, that was a little. I think that was a. That was a little awkward. That that's very awkward. And you like, mentioned the prom. What do we yes. have to do as a society? You and I need to start a movement. What do we need to do where we only have live bands at proms and weddings? Oh my gosh! Right. That would be incredible because obviously at my prom, I'm sure you can relate to this. We did not. We had a very awful DJ who played stupid songs the entire time and. We had uh, people basically walking around making sure you were not too close to your partner. And so it's a, it's a very different world nowadays, obviously, when it was in the 50s. But, man, that band at their prom is so rocking. And, obviously, Marty McFly really adds to that with his guitar playing. Uh, or takes away from it, just depending. He really kills it there yeah, at the start, <laughs> and it gets awkward there at the end. I, so the first watch this i'm so confused because i'm like why why is everyone just staring at him like he's playing the, the guitar it sounds awesome but that's like one of those really funny moments like oh it's 1955 this kind of music has not been introduced yet people have right. never heard this before 
yeah, n- no one had heard it before, and it is it's a great and. The guy gets goes onto the phone. And he's like, "Man, you know that new sound you've been looking for?" He's clearly calling like a record company. Yeah, yeah, like all that stuff is is very funny and very good. And uh, you you always have to kind of wonder, man, like is that the place where rock and roll started? Like you can get real, you can get yeah. real big picture here and go, if Marty never goes back in time, does rock and roll never start? But then in that theory, Marty would never have learned about rock and roll if Marty had not gone back. And you see what I mean there? There's a circle. How does yeah. time travel work? That's crazy. Chicken or I the mean, egg. Yeah. I would be very upset if rock and roll had never been introduced because that's my favorite music. Well, Marty McFly saved your day. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Marty. Uh, okay, so leading up until the, the finale here of the Doc and Marty getting back into uh, their the right time and just kind of the unwrapping of what changed because Marty went back, is there anything that you that I missed? Because obviously now I've watched this movie uh, last Wednesday, anticipating on recording with you, uh, and that did not happen. So uh, I'm 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 about a week removed. Am I forgetting any big key moments here that we need to talk about? Um, no, not necessarily. I think really the biggest thing just to note is, I mean, people who have seen this movie, they're like, well, duh, obviously, because there were two more movies after this, and something went right. But um, yeah, so George kind of stands up to Biff. He's able to get Lorraine back in the prom. Another skis ball comes in and tries to steal Lorraine away, and that initially makes uh, Marty start to disappear. Oh, so yeah, the whole like, element of him disappearing in the photo. Yeah, he has that little photo, and his both of his um, siblings have already disappeared, and now when that disgusting guy comes in and pushes George away, that's Marty. Like He's starting to disappear, but then George decides to be a badass once again and come back in swinging, gives Lorraine that first kiss together as a couple and all is well in the world and he pretty much becomes alive again so that's kind of a big thing i guess yeah yeah that's that's actually probably the biggest thing that i just skipped over right there but it was good it was good i honestly just said that because i'm you know how i am i am always watching the movies in the background and that part literally just took place (laughs) okay good call (laughs) good call so uh Marty McFly now. His parents are back together. He's played this incredible rock and roll song with a guitar solo that was entirely too long, and it made it awkward for everyone else. He's ruined prom, but now he's got to race against the clock because he has to get back to uh, the clock tower at the city center because a strike of lightning is going to uh, power the flux capacitor, allowing him to uh, enter back into his own time. First off, shout out to the professor for being able to find out, figure out, uh, technology that is vastly older or newer, I guess, than the time that he lives in. He finds a way to tie into the flux capacitor and like blow himself up because there yeah. was radiation in this machine when Marty went back the first time. Uh, so there's that whole portion of it. Uh, but he gets back, and there's this whole scene, which I will admit is a little uh, dramatic, and it did kind of get my, my blood pumping and my heart race going up as... The cable falls down from the top of the building, and the professor has to go back up. And then when he finally goes back up, it disconnects from the bottom of the pole. And it's this race against time as Marty yeah. is driving the car. That is really great stuff. Like it's it's like a strong six minutes of wait, is this going to work out? Is it going to is it going to happen exactly as it should, or what's going to happen as far as getting Marty back to his present day? Right. Yeah, no, that entire sequence, it's kind of just like, oh, my gosh, like, if anything else could go wrong right now, like, this, of course, is going to be it, because 
exactly what you said. It's a race against time. I mean, they have to time it perfectly with that lightning because that's the only thing powerful enough, uh, I believe, if I'm saying this right. Uh, I think that that's the only thing that's powerful enough for them to get the flux capacitor to work because Marty, at first, it kind of makes me laugh because he's saying, like, oh, well, all you need is plutonium. Like, that's fine. And Doc is like, Marty, it's 1955. You can't get plutonium, like, anywhere. That's impossible to get. So the only thing that's powerful enough would be something like lightning. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that is going to get your blood pumping a little bit because you're like, okay, oh, my gosh, like, you need to hurry. Like, please hurry. Put and, the pedal and, to the metal, my friend. Yes. But, I mean, hey. And the added drama of the whole time of, is he going to tell the professor that he gets shot? Is he going to tell the professor how to save his own life in the future? And the professor is right. adamant about not finding anything out. Like that whole plot point as well is very, very good as far as wait, are we going to go back to the, wow, I'm about to say the title of the movie. Are we going to go back to the future, <laughs> but the professor is still going to die? Is that really how this is all going to work out? That doesn't seem right. And like right. that portion of it is also very, very good. Uh so good. I mean, there's just so many good movies, or good movies, obviously. There's so many good parts to this movie, especially as it's coming to an end. And uh, yeah, it sets it up pretty well. I've never seen the third movie, honestly. Um, I've seen a little bit of the second, but kind of what I said earlier, I was watching it very mindlessly, so I would probably have to go back and rewatch it, actually paying attention this time. But yeah. No, I, I love just all the suspense that kind of comes with it because it is super quirky. It's funny. It's, like, fun to watch. Kind of a lighthearted movie, but it also makes you, like, uh, I don't know, sit at the edge of your seat towards the end because it's it's exciting. And I think that uh, Steven Spielberg really did a good job doing stuff he like that. Do. He did, He did, he did, he uh, did. So, obviously, the big reveal at the end is that Marty had written a letter to the professor uh, in the past, and the professor had torn up the letter to ensure that he did not um, to ensure that he did not alter the future. You find out that the professor in the past had put the letter back together and wore a bulletproof vest that night when the Lithuanians came. Right. Good stuff. It is good stuff. That I is impossible. That. <laughs> I love that. No, because I, I think it's funny because you see him like obviously goes through the same process as he did at the beginning of the movie. And right. you're just like, oh, like that sucks. But then he rises up and he's like, bulletproof vest. What up? You're like, oh, yes. Yeah, and but he, he ripped dog. it up and threw it on the ground during a thunderstorm. Yeah. <laughs> that is that, that, that paper might as well be in Lithuania at that point. Like, that yep. is gone. How did he find it's all gone. the pieces? I, I don't. He has more patience than I do because if something is just ripped up a little bit, then it's gone to me. No doubt. No doubt. Isn't there like a uh, Disney cartoon where someone puts together a letter that was in the paper shredder? Isn't that? Am I making that up or is that a? Uh... Um. Okay. So this is really embarrassing that I know this, but I will say um, in the Disney series that from Raven, which I did watch a lot growing up. Unshocking. Um, she. Yeah, I know, right? That is on Disney Plus now. There is one episode where her dad gets a paper shredder and accidentally shreds her science project, and so she has to piece it all together so she can go on a date with her boyfriend. Why does her dad have to do that? <laughs> uh, no, she so she, she has to like piece together everything. Oh, her she dad has to piece it. Okay, I see. 
Yeah, and she's not allowed to go on this date unless she gets, like, an A on her science fair project. But her project gets shredded, so she has to spend all night piecing it back together from these little pieces of shred, shredded paper. Do you just want to start (laughs) reviewing That's So Raven with that? I would love to. I love That's So Raven. I'm may or may not be watching it on Disney Plus right now. Who knows? We absolutely know you are. All right. You're right. That's all of my notes. I'm sure all of the uh, big fans of this movie will be just outraged that we missed some big key point or some big piece of nostalgia that they loved. But there's just so mi- so much of it to parse through. But I will there say, really on the rewatch, this is, a, this is a great movie. It's on Netflix right now. I know everyone is trying to waste time. I know basketball is now officially two months away. So put uh, put down the list that you need to watch Back to the Future before everything gets started again. It's, it's worth the rewatch. Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. Watch all three of them. I'm going to try to watch number two and three uh, sometime this week or next week just so I can carry it on. There you go. Okay. Madison Moore star rating, one to ten. Oh, I would definitely give this. Uh, I don't know. I'm Remember so your mom's listening. Never give things. Oh, yeah. I know she's going to kill me. I would probably give this movie an eight or a nine. I never give anything a ten unless I'm just like absolutely mind blown by it. Yes. Um, but Otherwise, I the value of the ten high. is decreased. Yeah, exactly. Like, nothing gets a 10 unless you actually fall out of your chair walking. Right. And I didn't do that with this movie, but I, I love this movie for sure. It's so great. I'll go a strong 7. It's a it's a right. movie that will stand the test of time. It was made in 1985. It did not feel like it was made in 1985 uh, because, you know, it's set in certain certain years, right? Like, the 50s are always right. the 50s no matter when they make the movie, and the 80s are always the 80s when they no matter when they make the movie. So, I mean, like, all that stuff checks out. I think, it's, I think this is going to be a movie that my kids will watch. Uh, and it'll be around for a very long time. It it is it is an all timer, uh, very very funny. I enjoyed it. But Madison, I appreciate you uh, coming on and talking movies with me as always. We'll do another one next week. And thank you so much. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, uh, we're all excited to hear you start talking about basketball again instead, though. So. Oh my gosh, me and you both. All right. Perfect. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Madison.